This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into episode 136 of the Skate Podcast. I'm Brian D. Felice, joined by Bridget Prue and Scott McLaughlin. Two more games in the books, two more wins. Bruins are now 17 and two, and in beyond incredible start to this season. Uh, a couple of nights ago, they they had one of the more dominant games you'll ever see between two professional hockey teams. It looked like it looked like um, they were literally in two different leagues. I'm talking about the Bruins versus the Blackhawks. So. I'm sure we'll get into that game when we bring up different players and talking points. And then obviously tonight, uh, the Bruins defeated Tampa Bay 5-3. to They were up 5-1. They got a little bit complacent in the third period, let Tampa climb back into it a little bit. But by and large, it was another just kind of like um, lopsided game. Patrice Bergeron recorded his 1,000th career point. And for somebody who is known for their defense, I think that this really this milestone really helps illustrate to people around the league who might not watch Bergeron for the last 15 years like we have had the privilege to just realize how good offensively he has been as well. So um, I'll throw it to you guys, but the Bruins, just everything's going is it's going their way right now. Yeah. And with Bergeron, when you put in the perspective of being only the fourth player in the nearly 100 year history of the Bruins franchise to get a thousand in a Bruins uniform, joining Ray Bork, Johnny Busick and Phyllis Bezito. It's like, wow. Like that's, that's quite the list to be on. Uh, overall in, in all of NHL history he's the 94th player to do it. So you're talking about a club of less than a hundred, um, you know, obviously he, we know he was already a hall of famer, it's just another thing that gets added to that along with the Selkie record and winning a Stanley cup and just the longe- longevity and the remarkable career he's had, what he's meant to the Bruins for, you know, two full decades. It's, it's crazy. And, and it's crazy to think about like how his career has progressed f- to, you know, the point where obviously in recent years he's been, such an offensive catalyst in addition to, uh, you know, still being a Selkie trophy caliber defensive center. Um, you know, for years, his line was kind of the, the one B to Krejci's one a, when you had Lucic and Horton in the fold and then, you know, Lucic and Aginla for a year. And then Bergeron ends up on a line that turns into the best line in hockey for years with Martian and Pasternak. And it's like, 
he can just do it all. Like you put him in any role under Claude Julian. He got a ton of defensive zone shifts under Cassidy. It started shifting more to offense. It's remained, you know, more offensive tilted under, under um, Jim Montgomery, the way he's adapted on the power play to really master bumper position. That wasn't even really a spot that teams were using when his career began, um, you know, kind of, really started becoming common i think around like early early 2010s maybe like ballpark that range and he took that on for the bruins saw it as you know an area where they you know where he could fit where they obviously needed someone and has mastered that like now he's he's a weapon on the power play you, you know you if you're going to overload and take pasanak away he's going to get open in that bumper and score and it's um yeah, just a just a remarkable career, and this is obviously just another another milestone along the way. It's crazy to think that like he's he almost like hung him up this offseason and luckily decided to not like he's clearly still playing at a level that's at you know st- still in line with some of the best players in the NHL. Like it, I, I think he could go another year after this. We'll see if he does. Um, but it, it's crazy. And you mentioned the, him playing the bumper on the power play, even against Tampa Bay, it almost felt like they were, they were trying to cover him so much that they left other options open. So like, he's somebody that just like draws the defenders in because they know he's so dangerous there in, in the bumper. Yeah. I mean that, that low pass, uh, like right across the top of the crease that was open quite a bit tonight. And, um, they do score one goal off of it, uh, from DeBrus to Pasternak, but, yeah, part of opening up that lane is having uh, a weapon in the bumper to to draw that defend that defenseman out a little bit and not have them be able to kind of stay as tight to, to the goalie. I mean, I think uh, I guess I'll give my two cents on Bergeron because I think it's just a natural place to start, and we can dive into um, you know more of the last two games in in detail. But it it, it is crazy to think about how long he's been doing it and how he is he just ages like fine wine out there it's like his production has not has not decreased it's 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 even or it's gone up it's like you know i think back to when he was a rookie like i was in third grade and you, like you think about the line mates he's had over the years he, he you know started off i think it was michael nylander and maybe sergey samsonov maybe as initial kind of set in stone line as a pro. And then over the years, like obviously, you know, guys like Recky and Sagan, Marshan, Yager, like it's even funny, little, you had N- Nesson was showing his first career mm-hmm. point because uh, Raycroft was actually the goalie for that game. And it was Raycroft's first career shutout. Um, it was Ralston's but, goal, right? He's yeah. And, and his line goal. that night was with Ryan Ralston and PJ Axelson. Yeah. Which I, yeah. I'm yeah. pretty sure was that third line. I mean, but like, he's played with so many good players over the years, but he's also played with a lot of like pedestrian players and still made those lines really solid. Like I'm, I'm talking guys like Brad boys, um, you know, uh, Chuck Kobasu. Um, like there's just, there's just random players over the years where it's like, uh, you know, Riley Smith is another example. Like they're all, they're good players. Marco Sturm, they're good players, but Whatever line it's he how had, dare he you always... besmirch Brad Boys? No, no, Brad Boys is a good. He was a good player, but he he always found a way to elevate. Even those years when he wasn't playing with guys like Marshan and Sagan and 
yeah. it just doesn't matter. He's doesn't matter. It was really nice to see too the the tribute video that they had posted for him. I'm not sure when they recorded it because I think it felt like maybe even I don't know. It had to be recent because because Crosby had that stupid mustache. But um, so I think it was kind of recent that they that they had like Ovechkin, Patrick Kane, Crosby is is a bunch of guys that also have a thousand points. Filmed a video for him saying congrats, like enjoy your celebration it was really nice to see um and so it had a lot of great players on it that are still in the league that had the 1000 points which was really really nice and i love that they all planned beforehand marshawn was saying they all had it planned that when he scored his 1000 point they're all just going to rush the ice and jump on him which they did so you know you don't get moments like that very often i wish it was when Scott and I were there. It was like a home game and we could have witnessed it because uh, that would have been really nice. But it was still um, really exciting to to see them all just completely mob him. And also in the same time, just know that they're all just so genuinely friend, like friends with each other and, and happy for him that it was just a good moment. Yeah, the, they were trying to get, it, get him in on Saturday, clearly. They were like... I mean, obviously that game was a blowout. So like the last five, seven minutes, whatever, whenever he was on the ice, they're just feeding him. Everyone's just trying to get him the puck. Um, also on the celebration, it reminded me of one of my, this is like weird, but one of my, my favorite weird things in sports is when you get like the group of hockey players together like that. And like the guys on the edge of it are just like, jumping in place it just looks so funny <laughs> like taylor hall is that who we're talking yeah. about here <laughs> it's like there are there are a few guys doing that yeah 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 but no it, it's yeah <laughs> sorry go ahead Bry. no 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 i was just gonna say it's uh you know it, it, it's just really really fortunate to have uh for us to be able to watch bergeron and you know bridget i know you mentioned there was a some moments of uncertainty this offseason if he was going to come back. I kind of always felt like he was going to. Um, well, I'm, I mean, we're going to go through the same thing this offseason. And I feel like here's the thing like, they win the Stanley Cup. Does he go out on top or does he go, oh, okay, we could run this back? <laughs> That's what I don't know. <laughs> it just, it just depends on, uh, I, we'll have to focus on next year, next year, but there were definitely, I, I think he had a thousand set in his mind this offseason. I think that's something he wanted to accomplish. And obviously he knew that the Bruins were going to have a really good team this year. But, I mean, Stanley Cup champion, they're going to rename the Selkie after him one day. He has, I think he has four or five Selkies. Five. Five. And he should have at least, he should probably have seven. I mean, there were a couple of years there where he was a finalist where they just gave it to somebody else to spread the love. And it's like, well, that's not really in the spirit of a trophy. Uh, You know, two-time gold medalist, I think, in the Olympics. And he he has, I mean, First ballot Hall of Famer. So, um, any any final thoughts from you guys on on his milestone before we move on? No, I think I think we can get into the game. All right. So yeah, uh, I, my my biggest takeaway from the last two games in general <clears throat> is uh, Jim Montgomery, and we've touched on this a little bit in the past, but. Jim Montgomery seems to really like, and for good reason, that check line of Krejci, Pasternak, and Pavel Zaka. And we, we, we mentioned it in preseason, they looked good. 
but it's tough to gauge preseason because it's mixed and match uh, lineups. And when uh, they went to them again uh, in the Chicago game, and I was kind of surprised because I thought I thought Hall was playing with some juice, and he looked like he was bringing the his skating legs. And even then, in amidst of a rout, Montgomery went to the check line, and to start tonight's game in in, in Tampa, and unless there was some there was some juggling because of injuries or whatnot. Um, he went back to that line again for the whole game. So obviously that means that with, with DeBrusque, with Marshan and Bergeron, you have Krejci, Pasternak, and, um, and Zaka. Then that puts Taylor Hall down to the third line, which in name surprises me, but I do see the chemistry between that, those three, those three uh, countrymen. Yeah, I, I do. Um, and I thought they played well again Monday night. Um I still wonder if, if, I mean, let's remember last year, the Bruins started with Holland Coyle together on the second line and it didn't work. They never really clicked. I still question whether that's really, uh, you know, a good match. If you're going to have Hall on that third line for anything more than like a game or two here and there. Um, just because like the, I, I don't think Taylor Hall like, is really suited to play this sort of, slow down, hold on to the puck, you know, cycle it type of game that Coyle and, and Trent Frederick are going to play if they're on that line. Um, and, you know, maybe Jim Montgomery sees something or maybe he wants to put Hall there to try to force him, you know, to kind of play that way a little more. Like it could be something like that. Um, I still think ultimately the, you know, I, I do think the best fit is with Hall in the second line, but, like I said this on the recent podcast, it's like everything Montgomery does works. They just keep winning anyway. So it doesn't matter. Like whatever. I I don't know. Make Tomas no your top line, right wing. Like who cares? (laughs) They're going to win anyways. And he's probably going to get a hat trick if you do it. So um, everything's working now. So like, like I've said before, like you have the luxury of being able to juggle stuff up and, uh, put guys in different places. You know, Jim Montgomery has said he wants everyone to be able to play with everyone. So you, you can obviously take this time now to do it while you're rolling. So um, yeah, Zaga has definitely been a fit, uh, but I thought he was a fit on the third line too. So it's not, you know, it's not like he wasn't clicking where he was or whatever. Um, So yeah, I don't know. Try it out and see if, see if Hulk can, get going with, with coil and see if, you know, they can develop some chemistry so that even if you don't stick with it, you at least have that in your back pocket at some point. I have so many thoughts on this. I have. So first of all, the other day I was saying I wanted the to go back on the first line, which he did. Um, I just think he's more suited for that role. Um, and that just, in in my mind, he's a factor on that line and less of a factor um, when you throw him back on the second or third line. I did think Hall, uh, with that third line with Frederick and Coyle, did have some decent chemistry today. Um, I thought it, it it didn't look bad. It, and, and Hall made a nice play where he did slow, slow the puck down, waited, waited, was patient, got it to Frederick and then ended up in the coil goal. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was a really smart hockey play that Hall made just 
having the sense not to jump the gun and shoot it and, you know, wait, waited for the right option. Cause he knew there were guys coming trailing behind him and he, and he waited um, to make the right pass to Frederick and then it ends up with the goal. So I, I didn't mind him playing there for today. And also it's almost like, all right, you got the first line and then your second line is also kind of like a first line. And then your third line, if you have Taylor Hall on it, it's more like a second line. And so you're just kind of like, everything is very front loaded and, and you have at least one really skilled player on all three of your lines. If you have, you know, say like Marshawn is your guy on the first line, even though the whole first line skilled Posternock's your second line, most skilled player. And then you got Taylor Hall on the third line and you just have it come like spread out all those guys that bring that, um, those different levels of, of high caliber skill. Um, and I also feel like you have kind of a balance of like guys with really good hockey sense and, you know, playmakers that are going to get your assists. So like coil is good at setting, setting up people for, for goals. Um, at Krejci, obviously Bergeron, obviously, and it feels like those kind of guys are spread out throughout your top three lines as well. So it almost feels like with Hall, there is on the third line, there is a certain balance. Um, when you have Z- with Zaka with the second line, um, it might not work forever, but that's kind of how I felt about it today. And then, uh, sorry, go ahead. You can cut me off. I yeah, have more not- to say, but <laughs> yes, yeah, just before you, we get off the, the hall and the third line, like you're right. They did score. I just thought that was kind of the exception to the rule for the night. I thought other than that, they really struggled to generate and spent a lot of time in their own zone. Um, Bruins got out attempted nine to two when they're on the ice and scoring chances were seven, one for Tampa. Um, you know, that goal was the only scoring chance that they created as a line. Yeah. I just, I just could see that there was potential at least with coil and hall more so than we had seen previously. I thought that it looked better. You know, I, I think either way, whether it's, the third line or the second line that Hall or Zaka are on, you know, the last two games are just, it's a good microcosm of the depth that the Bruins have because against the Blackhawks, they had 11 players record a point. And obviously the Blackhawks are a basement dweller lottery team this year. Right. And it's a home game, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Well then they go on the road and they play Tampa, which is a much stiffer opponent, obviously. And they have, 12 players record a point. So it's, they're getting it from up and down a lineup. And that also tells you that they're getting scoring um, uh, at five on five too, not just the power play, not just their top guys. Um, I, I, yeah. So I'm interested. I I am interested in the, in the hall Zaka thing. I, I thought it was kind of random, but uh, cause I, I also thought that Zaka was playing well in the third line, like somebody else, I think you mentioned that, or maybe it was Scott. I, I forget, but Anyway, I thought it was worth bringing that up for uh, for a cup of coffee. Um, you know, I'm looking at the box score the last two games. It's kind of tough to pick a place to to start or a player to to talk talk about because everybody's pitching in. 